Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. It's Dr. Lee Warren here with you on, I don't know what we call it today, Microtubule Tuesday. We're going to talk about specific uh, two specific parts of the brain, microtubules and microglia. I'm going to teach you how your brain is a living, active, vibrant mass of constant change. I'm going to give you one idea from science, one idea with, from scripture. We're going to smash them together in a way that will help you change your mind and change your life. We're going to give you one song from my friend Tommy Walker called Look What Happens, because I want you to look what happens when you put your mind on the right stuff. I'm going to give you an opportunity today to become healthier and feel better and be happier. And with that said, my friend, there's only one question. You know what the question is? Let me give it to you. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. Are you ready to change your life? Well, this is the place, Self-Brain Surgery School. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and this is where we go deep into how we're wired, take control of our thinking, and find real hope. This is where we learn to become healthier, feel better, and be happier. This is where we leave the past behind and transform our minds. This is where we start today. Are you ready? This is your podcast. This is your place. This is your time, my friend. Let's get after it. All right, you ready to go? Microtubule Tuesday. (laughs) I know I give you all these silly things. I just want you to remember that there are all kinds of things that are happening in the universe around you that we've never understood from science. Sometimes these things manifest in the real world and people see phenomena and in times past they thought it was magic or some kind of crazy thing and it turns out to just be a scientific thing happening in front of us and as we develop our ability to test and understand what's happening in the world around us, We have two choices. We can either think, look how smart we are. We figured this thing out. Or we can give honor and glory back to the creator and say, man, that was amazing that you made that. And thank you for letting us be able to start to understand it. That's what science was originally about, by the way. Stephen Meyer's book, The Return of the God Hypothesis, is a great look at what science really is from the beginning, which was smart people using their brains to try to figure out and understand and bring glory and honor back to God by understanding the depth and amazingness of the things that he's created. That's what science is for, to give us insight into how we're wired so we can become healthier and feel better and be happier. How cool is that, right? So I want to tell you about two parts of your brain. There's a thing called microglia. These are little tiny cells in your brain. There's billions of them. And when I was training in school, neuroscience school and college and then in medical school and then in residency as a neurosurgeon, we were taught that microglia didn't have much purpose. People thought that maybe they were involved in sort of scavenging uh, cells that were broken down and helping to clean things up and provide support. And that turns out to be true. But now we've, we've developed this understanding of what microglia really are. There was a, a neat paper that just came out at a big review of what microglia do. I can link that to you if you're interested. Shoot me an email, lee at drleewarren.com if you want to know more about these tiny cells in your brain. But what turns out that microglia are like little gardeners, and they go around and they prune synaptic connections in your brain. So that's interesting. It's going to be important in a minute when we talk about microtubules. What synapses are, of course, we've talked about it a lot. We talk about these synapses are these connections between neurons. So you have all these cells in your brain, neurons, that are the nerve cells. 
and they're supported by billions and billions and billions of cells like astrocytes and oligodendrocytes and, and, my, and microglia and ependymal cells and all kinds of other cells that support the neurons. And the neurons are the ones that send signals, either out towards the spinal cord and peripheral nerves to help you move and all of that, or in towards the brain from sensory cells and help you to sense things, okay? So motor and sensory nerves, for the most part, are what neurons are. But around neurons, there need to be a communication network, and that's what synapses are. So synapses are these little connections between cells. There are trillions of them in your brain, probably hundreds of trillions, more than there are stars in your universe. You truly, friend, are fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, when I was coming up as a scientist, we were taught that the brain is stuck. We were taught that the brain is fixed, that you, you're, you're basically after a certain age, you've made all the brain cells you're going to make and you're stuck with the brain that you have. This is why genetics have been almost worshipped in our society and our culture, by the way. That, you know, once you understand your genome, you got it, you know who you are, you know what you're fated to be. There's not much you can do about it. You just better live within the confines of your genes. If your parents were bad, if your parents had bad genetics, then so be it. You're stuck with it. Well, it turns out that's not true. The human genome only contains a fraction of the information that it would require to create somebody like you with the brain that you have. The genome doesn't tell the whole story. What makes the difference is how those genes are turned on and off in real time and what, what proteins are switched on and off and how those genes are expressed and how they combine with one another to create trillions of possibilities. And the interesting thing about that is it can be changed. And one of the most important influences on what happens with genes and their expression is how you think. This is all well understood now, that the way that you think changes the hormonal and neurotransmitter environment in your brain, and that sends signals to the glands and organs and cells in your body, which then turns genes on and off in different ways. And your mind really does create your brain, and your brain really does create your body. And my friend, it's true that thoughts become things. Now, whether or not you're a spiritual person, this is actually 100% true. We can see it in functional brain imaging now, and you can change the way you live you can change the way your body works. You can change how your offspring work, frankly, down to three and four generations by changing how you think. This is relevant in the trauma space. If you've been injured or you've gone through trauma, tragedy, or massive things, you can change literally how you respond to that, and you can pass those changes on to your children so that you can understand that children whose parents have been exposed to major trauma are born with a set of things that they're afraid of or that they learn how to handle better by how their parents handled them which then puts a great responsibility on us, right? But the bottom line is the teaching that I grew up with that you're fixed and stuck with the brain that you have turns out not to be true. Now let me bring it back to tell you about microtubules. Microtubules are these little like scaffolds that are formed in your brain and they, and they form sheaths around neurons as they're developing synapses. And what we know now is that microtubules change dynamically in about 10 minutes between birth and death, they are rapidly evolving and changing. Your brain is constantly looking for opportunities to remove, to repurpose the scaffolding. So the microtubules grow, they die, they're scavenged, they're repurposed, they add new uh, scaffolds to areas that are being needed in higher quantities. And what happens is the things you think about and the neural circuits you choose to exercise direct the deployment of the resources to make and tear down and rebuild new scaffolding, which means that in real time, 
These are the cells that are involved in creating new synapses, shaping your brain, and forming what's going to happen in response to your thought process. Why is that important? Well, there's been some really interesting studies on meditation, for example, mindfulness. This is this idea that you can calm your mind and learn how to stop listening to all the outside noise and you can decide what you're going to think about, which is what we call the thought biopsy, right? So without any spiritual information at all, this is just mindfulness and learning how to control your brain. And Eastern meditation and metaphysics says just calm the noise and put some space in between the thing you think about and what you do. And these studies have shown clearly now, a major review showed that Multiple areas of your brain, the cingulate cortex, the striatum, the prefrontal regions, limbic regions, uh, corpus callosum, insula, medial prefrontal cortex, posterior cingulate gyrus, all these important areas of your brain that are involved in attention control, emotional regulation, limbic regions, and self-awareness, all these important things can be significantly improved or changed by the things you think about. One study showed after 30 days of meditation, that there was a 22.8% increase in the volume of the areas of your brain involved in emotional regulation. 22.8%. So that means that literally learning how to calm your mind for just 30 days can increase certain areas of your brain involved in emotional regulation by almost 25%. That means that you can choose to improve how agile and resilient you are in things like getting triggered at work, annoying things that your partner says, being startled by sudden noises or problems with your kids or worries about politics or what happens with your money, all these things that can stress you out, you can become 22.8% more able to handle them in 30 days of learning how to get your mind under control. That's fascinating, isn't it? So it brings down the point that I've heard many people say, you can either shape your brain, my friend, or it will be shaped for you. How is it shaped? It's shaped by microtubules, the scaffolding of your brain. How are they handled? Well, just like if you were building a room in your house. I got this idea from Dawson Church in his book, Mind to Matter, which is really a cool book about the neuroscience of how thoughts become things. By the way, Dawson Church said, imagine if you're building a house and you decide to tear an old room down and add on a new room. Well, you could you could take the the copper wiring and the and the building materials and all the stuff from that room and you could move it to the new room and repurpose it for the new construction. You wouldn't have to go out and buy all new building materials. You could use the stuff that you already had and repurpose it. And that's exactly what microtubules do. They break down and they're broken down by microglia. And then that stuff, the building blocks, is used in other parts of your brain to make new synapses. Okay. So you're constantly being pruned and refined and reshaped. And we know now from these studies on neuroscience, on on neurophysiology and and neuroanatomy of how synapses are formed, that you can literally increase the volume of brain activity, volume of brain regions involved in emotional regulation and other areas within a month of directed meditation. And the actual physical changes happen within minutes. There's been several studies now showing that 30 minutes of directed mental activity can create new synaptic connections, but they start to fade and go away within three weeks of disuse, which means when you use something, when you you do something for over an hour 
or 30 minutes to an hour, you make new synapses, and those new synapses will begin to fire and form new pathways in your brain. But if you don't revisit them and reuse them, they start to wither and fade away within three weeks. Now, that's why when you're studying for a test, if you study really hard one day and then you just review your notes quickly the next day and the day after that, you have better recall than if you only study one time, right? That's why Deuteronomy chapter 6, by the way, goes over and over about what you're supposed to do with the Word and teaching it to your children. He says, these commandments, this Deuteronomy 6, starting in verse 6, These commandments I give you are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames. What's he doing? He's teaching you that you need to rehearse truth. Mark Rogap said, hope springs from truth rehearsed. This is the prehab part of the treatment plan for how you deal with the massive thing of trauma and tragedy and all the difficulties that life brings along. You bind them on your hearts. You bind true things on your hearts. You write them down. You talk about them. You put them in there so that they make solid, strong synaptic connections. You shape your brain so that TMT doesn't shape it for you. And the way you do that is using the architectural structural support system that God put in your brain. Microtubules and microglia are the nuts and bolts of how this happens, my friend. Isn't that cool? Now, what did Psalm 4610 say? Cease striving and know that I am God. Stop. Be still. Listen to me. Think about me. Why does he say that? Well, we talk about how directed meditation, mindfulness, can create powerful opportunities to change the way your brain is formed. But Eastern meditation and metaphysics are all about not hearing, about calming the voice. Spiritual, if we want to really add in and smash together the spiritual brain surgery of what we're talking about here today, biblical meditation is not about not hearing. It's about hearing the one voice that can really help you. It's about God saying, hey, I'm going to come to you in a still, small voice. I need you to be quiet and listen for the whisper And I'm going to tell you how to turn your brain into something that's going to help you become healthier and feel better and be happier. But you got to stop striving so hard and you got to listen. That's what meditation is about, right? Calm yourself, stop striving, relax, let things settle down, and then you can start to not hear so much noise. Well, Jesus said, hey, cease striving, and I'm going to tell you what you really need to be hearing. And that Spiritual practice of Lectio Divina is like this chewing on the cut of the word over and over and over. That's the idea on neuroscience is shaping your brain, putting something true in there, truth rehearsed, hope springs from truth rehearsed, as Brogap said. And that's how you form powerful synapses to change your brain and change your life. Listen, there's a lot of cool stuff. Microglia are the gardeners of your nervous system, and they are pruning synapses that aren't in use so that you can use those materials to form new synapses. And look what Jesus happened to say about pruning. John fifteen two. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear fruit, bear more fruit. This is talking about your mind too, my friend. The parts that aren't getting used are going to get smaller. The parts that are being used are going to get bigger. So here's the question for you, okay? Here's the question for me today. It's not a matter of whether some parts of your brain are getting bigger and whether some are getting smaller. That is happening. 
whether you are an active participant in it or you are just passively letting the world conform you to the way it wants you to think. Romans 12, 2 is our, is our handbook, our primer on self-brain surgery. Don't be conformed anymore to the world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? The back half of that verse. Then you will be able to test and improve what is God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. My question for you today, my friend, my question for you today is do you want to be passively shaped and have the cells and synapses and microglia and microtubules in your brain be formed by outside forces, things that you mirror and mimic from the, the culture around you, or your own traumas and tragedies and massive things and your own ruminations of your thoughts over and over that have gotten you to this place where you are today listening to this podcast? Do you want to continue to be a victim of the circumstances around you, tossed about by everything that changes and happens in your life around you? Or do you want to be a self-brain surgeon and take control of that process? Because you can. Directed mental effort and rehearsing truth over and over will engage those microglia and reform those microtubules to make better synapses to help you become more resilient and become healthier and feel better and be happier. And then you can say with my friend Tommy Walker, look what happens when I finally get my mind going in the right direction. Look what happens I become better able to handle what's happening. I become better able to test and improve what's good and pleasing and perfect out there. I get better. I get stronger. I get healthier. I get happier when I learn to direct what happens inside my own brain. Don't commit self-malpractice anymore, my friend. Once you know it, that James says, once you know what's right and you choose not to do it, that's what sin is. Don't get all caught up in the shame part of that. Sin basically is something that separates you from the plan that God has for your life. And his plan for you is that your brain gets smarter, your brain gets more bulletproof, your brain gets more resilient, so you can start living in the way that you were created and not in the way that culture and life and trauma and tragedy and massive things are trying to force you into. You can make it different. You can make it happen. You can change your mind. And you can change your life. And then look what will happen next. But you know what the good news is, my friend? You can start today. One, two, three. i 
His love revealed Our broken hearts He comes to heal A fading faith He rebels Like Paul and Silas in that jail The earth is shake The chains they fell As those hymns of praise were lifted up Freedom came and Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.